It's the Sod Pod. Brought to you by Grassland Agro. The Sod Pod. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Sod Pod. In the last episode, Davy and Johnny headed off with the gear down to Johnstown Castle and spoke to some great people. If you haven't heard it already, I'd advise you to go back and have a listen. And in this episode, we're delighted to be joined by Connor Quinlan, Dairy Hygiene Manager with Grassland Agro. Connor, welcome on the show. Just give us a quick rundown, Connor, of your role in Grassland Agro and the sort of things you're seeing in the dairy industry. Yeah, thanks, James. I suppose my role, I'd be mainly dealing with the merchants that we're involved with throughout the country and also the milk quality teams across the different co-ops that we're involved with. So it's mainly looking at the different issues on the dairy wash systems and and ensuring that milk quality is maintained with all the co-ops. What sort of issues are current now at the moment, actually, Connor? There's always issues, I suppose, but uh, the main issues that we're probably seeing out of this summer, particularly for the last couple of summers, is TBC and termogenic issues coming that, that you're seeing in different areas across the country. I suppose that there's challenges there since we've come chlorine-free in the last number of years with the different co-ops at different stages. But uh, a lot of the issues are fairly simply rectified and uh, are solved with some uh, seeing some, some of the individuals that are out there on farm. But it's fairly, fairly unique, Connor, the fact that we are um, chlorine-free because if we have that mainly export, high-value, infant formula dried product whereas in we met a supplier of dairy hygiene products in the uk and i i, I think they have chlorine options as well that is sometimes used over there whereas we're kind of maybe ahead of the curve is that fair to say or yeah i I think we're only one of the only countries ourselves in denmark that have gone nearly fully chlorine free mm. now there be other co-ops or other processors throughout europe that uh, have chlorine free options but we're definitely a leader in terms of the whole chlorine-free side, both in Europe and worldwide, I believe. So it brings its own challenges, but it's great as well because we're ensuring that our milk being exported is of the highest quality and is there to basically get into different marketplaces with our product and is seen as a premium product as well. Yeah, it's it's very exciting to, to think that we have a, such a unique product from how we produce it from a grass-based system and also... You know, that side of it, which I probably wasn't uh, uh, as aware of until uh, I joined Grass and Agro and really got stuck into the dairy hygiene as well. But your role, Connor, I suppose you, you have a you have a team that you work with as well and they very much spend a lot of time on farm. Yeah, so we'd have dairy hygiene specialists that will that will call out to farms uh, most days and, and see what they're doing on farm and basically solve individual problems that are happening. I suppose... The issues that we'd have most summers is because of high temperatures and that's where you get bacterial growth between milkings and milking lines or in bulk tanks and our dairy hygiene team will basically help in, in, in meeting some of them challenges that are happening on individual farms and basically find solutions for them farms because as we all know the one solution doesn't fit all farms so Definitely, we, yeah. we have to find uh, different solutions there on farm and discover discover the issues that are there but and the dairy, the dairy hygiene team uh, Connor, they're obviously selling product but they're they're advising farmers and helping helping them overcome those issues and and uh, like the thermogenics and, and tbc like they're 
it can be overcome with with management managing products correctly even you know and i know chlorine is gone but there are products there that will and and are overcoming that issue but it's it get a better understanding of how they're working yeah so uh i suppose that the since chlorine is left you're trying to look for replacements of it and essentially what you're trying to do is use higher level acoustics and 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 more regularly use of descalers and then the challenge with that is the descalers effect on rubber wear and all that in, in in milking machines but yeah oftentimes you can you can get them challenges that are on farm that maybe chlorine before was hiding with sterilization so you're you're looking at using more of the likes of paracetic acids and all this on farm it's often the simple stuff that trip people up when it comes to milk quality issues it's just a routine that has skewed off in a direction that it probably shouldn't have had or maybe not using correct amount of detergents or acids or not using enough hot water hot water is a big issue as well on an awful lot of farms so it's it's as important if not more important as the the acids and caustics you're using is having that hot water available this common phrase that's being used is you can't clean a butter dish with with cold water so you you do you do all the cleaning at home, obviously, <laughs> from that expert knowledge. Put it on the hot wash and the dishwasher, <laughs> and away you go. go on, Put Connor. it on the seventy degree wash. Yeah, and Connor, I suppose like there's probably you know maybe there's some people here who listen to the podcast who are milking, and sometimes they actually listen to the podcast while they are actually physically milking. What is the most common maybe place that you see dairy farmers fall down uh, in relation to milk quality? other than the water you know or or what's the biggest cause of uh high cell count that you see during a milking routine on farm that maybe some guys could pick up on yeah there's there's look there's there's the basic simple wash principles uh that are out there i suppose from a cell count point of view it's all the basics that have probably been said umpteen times the use of gloves uh properly preparing the cow oftentimes that isn't practical on some farms um with the numbers they have now but if they are spraying the cows beforehand or washing teeth to make sure that they dry so to stop any risk of infection. So mainly the cell count issue, nearly every farm at some stage, whether it's every year or every couple of months or what it is, they'll, they'll get an outbreak of some sort of cell count and it's just controlling that infection as much as we can. So the principles that John has been asking there is effectively stopping the spread of any of that so it's the use of the likes of cluster flush properly as opposed to cluster dipping that could nearly spread more infection if not done correctly so what's one of the issues there because i I would have always thought cluster dipping was a good way to go but i was talking to a man recently and he was saying that some of the problems so why for a guy that is cluster dipping today why can that cause an issue yeah so cluster dipping i suppose for anyone that isn't familiar with it it's 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 basically dipping the clusters into a bucket of sterilized water with paracetic acid and it's it's stopping the spread of infection from the cow that has just been milked onto the next cow because you can affect spread the infection for up to four milkings after that that one infected cow so what you're trying to do is minimize the the infection the fear is that after a certain amount of time that that paracetic acid might render ineffective or the too much dirt is getting into the claw into the clusters from each dip or from each dip or the water isn't actually getting up into the into the cluster so proper cluster flushing whether that's a diy job or an actual retrofit system going in is it can be very effective to properly sterilize sterilize the liners before before the mm. again and even before all that connor like i know like so you talk about 
preventing it and that but like the cow the cow herself like having her in good order and not much stress and all that like that like she could potentially overcome a lot of those issues herself like you know before before you actually get into using products and that yeah like look our our, our dairy cow can be under enough stress as it is mm. at the end of the day she has to calf down once a year get back into calf and also produce an awful lot more liters than what she would have if she was out in the wild so we're asking that cow to do an awful lot and making sure that she's in a right plane of nutrition and and getting back up in order to be in calf again within eight to ten weeks or, or cycling again it's very important that that they're on a good level of condition and that they have good body condition because it affects everything else can affect lameness which again is another stressor on a cow so all these things will have an effect on the cow and can come out in something like cell count no more than any of us if we get run down or anything like that we might get a cold sore or something so things like that can have effect if we're, if we're stressing the cow and connor we actually have a few people who are not dairy farms so like to, to maybe make it simple what is this scc or this cell count that maybe the beef farmers always hear the dairy farmers talking about <laughs> and they're thinking what are these lunatics on about yeah so cell count is scc is basically somatic cell count and it's basically count of the white blood cells in in the cow's milk and it, it measures the level of of infection that's there or it's an indicator of of a level of infection that's there so in a lot of cases cell count once a farmer gets a higher an elevated reading in cell count it'll indicate to them that there's a number of cases of mastitis in the herd and often that farmer will strip the cow's teeth so check it before they start to milk to make sure that if there's any clods or anything like that that to show signs of mastitis so the cell count is a kind of an indicator of of mastitis in the herd uh, generally and so it's it it's a good indicator to keep an eye on for farmers that if they have a relatively consistent cell count and then it gets elevated to check it out so often you'd see uh, cell counts would be kind of mid 150,000 and if they get elevated then up to 200,000 a farmer needs to go in and check and there's an, and there's an economic cost of that as well isn't there? yeah like, so most co-ops will have like. different measures but there's a carrot and stick with most of the co-ops with the likes of cell count but you're generally talking above 300,000 and you'll start to see see fines so yeah but and even a, a case of severe mastitis like you, you could potentially lose a lose a quarter or lose a cow or you know and that big big cost on the farmer yeah it is and uh, it's a nuisance as much as anything else and, and, and they have to go and it, it takes an awful lot of time farmers time and a certain amount of money to help solve these issues as well so what we're all trying to achieve both the farmer and the likes of ourselves in grassland is preventative and trying to prevent these issues of mastitis i suppose it's well known that teeth spraying post teeth spraying alone with effective teeth spray can reduce mastitis infections within the herd by up to 50 percent so we know some of the basic measures to help reduce infections and that's what we're just trying to achieve is basically minimize the amount of spread of the infections of these cases of mastitis throughout the year or throughout the lactation of the cow and connor when we see that spike in the tbcs often a quick indicator there okay we need to relook at our wash routine or whatever and see what, what's missing is causing a bit of a spike termogenic uh, another form of bacteria but obviously it's the heat resistant one what sort of stuff would you look at there or, or where would be your quick go-to's that could help to solve a thermogenic issue yeah again you're looking at you're looking at the basics again which are wash routine making sure there's the adequate washes are there in the weekly routine and they're doing adequate hot 
acid and caustic washes um they're they're easy checks to do and, and on water temperature you're also looking at liners is a big issue uh that can affect it as well oftentimes you'll see these thermogenics problems happening during the, the the midsummer months when temperatures are high and effectively all these things bacteria are coming from the outside into the milking parlor so if we take the milking parlor as a closed unit the only area of infection is that teeth coming that's getting onto the liner that's causing the infection so we need to make sure that we're stopping that spread of risk on the cow and also to make sure that the rubber wear is replaced regularly enough not just only the liners but all the rubber wear because them crevices that can that can be created after 2000 milkings on the liners for instance they can they can harbor the, the likes of thermogenics and and hold them. And in. these crevices are they're often micro crevices. They're not actually eye visible as well as can be the case. Yeah, they're not, and that that's also it's trying to convince the farmer that that nearly after two thousand milkings, yes, stop the change liners and and start again. Even if they feel smooth to the touch or anything, that they can still cause problems because that is pulsating on every milking as well. So that rubber wear is being used quite hard on the on the liners. Well, it's like, it's like uh, any farmer that's listening to this, they look down at their hands and they are probably have, have a bit more miles in the clock than us here sitting inside in a, <laughs> a warm office. Like, do you know, so it's the, the chapped hands or the cracked skin and, and even within, within the particular <laughs> soft pod here, you can see these have done a bit of work where, as you see, <laughs> the pianist there over with carbon <laughs> and, and the L'Oreal hand model yourself, Connor. But <laughs> piano pushers and piano players. And <laughs> yeah. But like, that's a big thing. It's a good way of thinking about it. If you have the, the degradation of the rubber wear, you have those micro pores and cracks and that's when the bacteria gets in and can cause you a hassle. Isn't that's, that's a fair synopsis probably, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just keeping with simple principles and and changing them regularly and and, and assessing that each time. And uh, it's good practice anyway, even if it's beyond, even if you're not getting necessarily TVC or thermogenics, you don't want these issues happening to you because the likes of thermogenics isn't getting tested regularly. So it's not something like cell count that you can be checking a number of times a week with each collection. So we want to make sure that we're on top of it before it becomes a problem rather than reacting when they already Definitely get a yeah. high reading so trust me keep these uh keep these levels down as much as you can rather than uh trying to solve it when they do start to increase because they can just become more problematic and prolonged then when when the levels get elevated um i suppose onto your cracked hands theory as well uh, we kind of be we'd be using that analogy as well when we're talking about the the condition of the teats and yes. and effectiveness of it so like another area that we're involved with is the teeth disinfection so we have a number of teeth sprays that are out there and and that we have on the market and and effectively teeth sprays do two roles they serve to help disinfect and also to help with teeth condition and improve the teeth condition of the cow so like your crack john's cracked hands here what we want is the cow's teeth to be like david's hands so nice and smooth <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah so uh, why we want that is uh, why we want that is that uh we want the teeth to be as smooth as possible so it doesn't cause any irritation on the cow uh when she's being milked and as well as that that it's much easier to clean that teeth and that it doesn't harbor harbor any bacteria and it's it's that smooth surface that's 
easy to clean. So like, David, like, David should only take about uh, ten uh, seconds to clean David, his hands. David, David has been thinking there for the last ter- sixty seconds. <laughs> so smart answer to <laughs> come back <laughs> The cogs have been turning here. It's it's, it's unfortunate we don't have a video. Don't even get into it though, because I just uh, no backup here at all. Started on the back foot there, David. So. <laughs> But uh, just just even on the transit, like you know, as we're going into the shoulders as well, like there's probably more of an issue there with with teeth health. You know, um, just you know when you're in housing, maybe fifty percent of the time is in housing and cubicles have a, have a, an issue as well with you know lime lime on cubicles and that 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 kind of an issue with dry teeth and that. So and, and that might be one going forward as well, just as we head further into the the back end of the year. Yeah, so like, look, weather has been great up to up to now in terms of dry weather. Too good in some, in a lot of cases, but like it's been relatively dry weather and 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 not hard on 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 skin condition if we're just talking about teeth. And uh, but as we head now into October, November, we're going to get more wet, colder weather and and harsher winds, and that's going to dry out teeth. And then once we start to go in in cubicles, in a lot of cases people be using lime and lime is generally high in ph and and will have a drying effect so that affects teeth it's good to to reduce bacterial counts but it also affects the teeth as in it dries it out like what dave was saying and it kind of hardens them as well and, and possibly more of a risk of being chapped so yeah but for a lot of farmers i tell you like the the risk of using lime themselves in relation to getting eye contamination or how hard it is on their own skin um, and it's much the same then for the teeth of the cow, which is very, very sensitive as well. So yeah, there is, there is challenges. There's more pressure, as you said, Dave and, uh, and Connor. And I suppose it is something that we're probably facing down the barrel because uh, from a sustainability point of view, Connor, we speak a lot in the sad part about the soil and fertilizer and missions and fertilizer reductions. But the selective dry cow therapy and, and antimicrobial resistance is a huge, huge challenge that we're facing. Yeah, no, it certainly <laughs> is. It's uh, and you're going to solve it in the next <laughs> five minutes. I wish, I wish, I'd be a billionaire if I was, but uh, or if I you could. are already sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, I, uh, it is going to be a huge problem, and 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 the big problem I see is that we could potentially have higher involuntary cull rates with ours, as we we'll have to call them more uh, younger and younger now if they start getting uh, more mastitis issues. So, like. Yes, selective dry cow will be good to minimise or or to certainly reduce uh, resistance, but it's not without its challenges. And I think a lot of guys have to be very careful on how they do selective dry cow and manage that. But also us as an industry that we have some of the solutions to to help with mm. that and uh, help to minimise that risk because we have to make sure that we're not having all this involuntary culling as well of herds that we can do selective dry cow on the vast majority of dairy farms quite successfully and and have cows staying within the herd for for a number of lactations just go back there one second connor because there's a lot of talk about selective dry cow therapy in the last number of years what actually is it yeah so i suppose what has been happening before is farmers have been using uh their dry cow tube which is an antibiotic for all their herds so if you've heard of 100 cows you're using that now or you were using that in the past on all your herd broad spectrum but what we want to do now with selective dry cow is identify the cows that need the antibiotic tube or the dry cow tube the most and uh, identify cows that don't necessarily need it so it, it helps to minimize the use of antibiotics basically on farm and uh, that's that's with the help of milk recording to identify them cows 
that have had issues with mastitis throughout the year or cows that haven't had any issues. But it's about doing it responsibly as well with selective dry cow. And information is going to be key, Connor. Isn't it? Like, as John said, no more than talking about fertilizer and fertilizer planning and that, using that milk record and, and been, Joe, been fairly stringent with it. And yeah, planning is going to be key. Like, I, uh, I firmly believe farmers are going to have to start thinking about it a lot more and identify their cows much earlier now for drying off. Maybe put in a plan in place from a dietary point of view that week beforehand and just put a bit more emphasis on the dry cow that dry cow week 10 days when they're drying off because that that week at drying off the two weeks before calving and about the six weeks after calving them eight or nine weeks are the most highest weeks of of risk of mastitis that they have so if we can manage them nine weeks out of the 52 of the year better then we'll go a long way in, in reducing the amount of mastitis in herds and and that's just investing sadly time and money into something like this and putting a lot more thought on farm about how we're going to manage this better but it's about each individual farmer having that discussion with the relevant stakeholders around him whether that's his vet whoever he or she's advisor is to help with help with that and to have that pan, plan in place well in advance yeah that's it we need to be thinking about this a little bit more it's not just heading down to the, the co-op or the vet and trying to get the scripts for tubes and stuff like that we need to be much more prepared and and how we go about it and much more diligent and it, that's something that you've actually worked on a lot internally and and something that you always talk to us about in relation to maybe having a kit and a pack prepared there and using the right products as well and and maybe an extra layer of protect yeah that's a nice segue john yeah no, uh, <laughs> some say that uh, <laughs> some say that was premeditated connor <laughs> <laughs> yeah i suppose like i i'm a big believer that there's products that haven't been invented yet that are going to be mainstays on farm in a very short period of time because we're all looking for new solutions to to new problems that we're all having so the likes of the T-hex is a kind of an, a teat barrier that we're looking at specifically for that week after after drying off and that two weeks before calving. So it's basically a teat barrier that goes, you dip the teat, it forms a barrier around the outside of the teat to, to minimize any infection getting in on that teat. So like any of these type of products, no more than with your internal sealer or with your dry cow tube, its effectiveness is only as good as how it's being used so the likes of the t-hex and the pack we brought in was helped to make sure that the farmers had all the tools they needed to dry cows off as best as they possibly can to minimize any infection and have that tea to sterile as possible so that was the idea of the pack so that the farmer has all the products available to him so it's cotton wool wipes it's methylated spirits it's a dipping cup and the t-hex as well basically to have it all in the one pack that's convenient for a farmer and he can pack it up again the next time so he does 20% of his herd this week and he might do another 20 following week and that's the idea of these packs is to make sure that the farmers are doing the best job as they possibly can to dry off the cows not only just that day but also for that week after after drying off and in particular that two weeks just before calving Mm, they're the critical ones really aren't they yeah so like the big issue as well is that as that tea canal starts to open again is that two weeks before calving when she's bringing up we need to make sure that um we're we're we're, we're stopping any infection or minimizing any infection as much as possible so the likes of the tea hex can be used at drying off and then again just before calving and some lads find it quite effective in help training the heifers as well yeah that was a big one like training the heifers that it's not as 
Because you see, maybe some lads teeth sealing heifers and you can do more harm than good if you don't get it right. But Connor, there's one last thing I wanted to ask you about. You retired uh, Tip's greatest ever footballer, Declan Brown. Would you want to give the, the, the listeners the context of that actual story? <laughs> there's nothing to the story, really. So the last time you ever kicked a football for Tip, you were lined up beside him. Uh, Is that true or false? Sorry. I was in the dressing room at the time, but there's no <laughs> real truth in it. When I was seen, a little minion. When I think everyone is as shocked as anyone else to hear of Declan Brown, the legend retiring. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was one of the great ones. When you seen what was coming behind him, he just said, oh, <laughs> this is a waste of time. <laughs> you were the straw that broke the camel's back <laughs> after all the years he soldiered with him. Uh, very brief. Yeah. And the blue and gold. Well, Connor, yeah, that's a brilliant roundup. I think we'll definitely have to come back to some of that because there's this is there's a this is a heavy subject like you know and this is but this is very important information for all our our dairy farmers that are listening over the next couple of months and i think uh, if anyone has any particular subject matter that they want to get in touch on this particular area to to get in touch with the side pod get in touch with james and we can get connor back on and, and maybe even brendan dillon the the great west cork man uncle of the Calan hurlers actually so we can get him get him on to, to chat to us so. Connor thanks for coming on it was great insight into chlorine free and TBCs and Termajurex and SDCTs and drying off and the whole lot so I'm, I'm going well at learning off a pile of letters here just for everybody Connor Quinlan our dairy hygiene manager managing a team of expert advisors up and down the country of Ireland Connor thanks very much thanks James mind yourself out there farm smart farm safe Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.